Hello there, everyone, and welcome into Career Competitor, the show that seeks to light that competitive fire within you in order to jumpstart or optimize your career. I'm Steve Meller, and as always, we're brought to you by my friends over with the CG Sports Network. And today, we are joined by the marvelous Maggie Steffens, who is coming off her third Olympic Games, where she and Team USA were able to claim their third straight Olympic gold medal in women's water polo. Just truly an outstanding achievement for those ladies with Team USA. And the great thing about this particular discussion here today is we're going to go into just some fantastic components of what it means to be a member of a well-oiled machine that is a successful team such as Team USA within women's water polo. Just to add to all of this reason for listening today, one of the things is we're actually talking to the highest scoring player in Olympic history for women's water polo. Maggie set that record at this previous games in Tokyo. So just honestly, such a privilege for us to have someone like Maggie joining the show. But in addition, when you have an athlete who comes from the top of their sport, the way in which Maggie does... One thing we're going to really start to get a hold of today are some of those components, like I said, that make teams succeed at the highest levels. And Maggie has been a leader within women's water polo, not just within Team USA, but across the world now for many, many years. And so it's just fantastic to have this opportunity to be able to pick her brain on some of these awesome topics that we can all, quite frankly, benefit from and certainly relate to. So let's welcome in three-time Olympic champion for Team USA in women's water polo, Maggie Steffens. And I hope you all enjoy. Hey guys, before we jump into this interview, please make sure if you're on Instagram, go to career underscore competitor, give us a follow. There you're going to find information about all my guests and episodes that we have coming up. In addition, I have links in my bio to each and every episode too. That link will take you to Apple Podcasts. If you are someone that likes to listen through Apple Podcasts, while you're there, take the time to leave a review of some sort you can just click the fifth star make things easy on yourself or you can even write something as well let me know your thoughts i would love to hear from you in addition to that make sure you're subscribed or following the show on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on and finally i would love to connect with you personally so if you're on linkedin make sure you're connecting with me steve meller i would love to hear from you I would also love to hear if you think you or somebody else could be a great guest to come on the show. So many reasons to be following us, so many reasons to be listening to Career Competitor Podcast, but for now, let's get right to the interview. Okay, well, I am absolutely delighted to be welcoming in Maggie Steffens to the Career Competitor Podcast. Firstly, Maggie, how are you today? I'm good. I'm I'm excited to be on this podcast and see where we go. Absolutely, absolutely. I love that open-mindedness and willingness to 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 see just where this is going to go but we've got lots to discuss first and foremost i joked with you before we started recording you've had a really busy summer why don't you just tell everybody about the incredible success that you and the the hat there that you're wearing the team usa (laughs) ladies had this past summer yeah so um we went to tokyo finally after (laughs) you know a year of postponement um so a five-year quad I call it quad plus. <laughs> so it was quite a strenuous uh, training, but it was definitely all worth it. Um, we succeeded in our mission and were able to bring home the Olympic gold medal for USA women's water polo. Um, and that was actually my third Olympic gold, my third Olympics. And um, it was for, for women's water polo. That was the most 
um, gold medals consecutively won. Mm -hmm. So we've won in 2012, 2016, and 2020. So now USA Women's Water Polo is right there with the Hungarian men's team, who is the only men's team to have ever won three consecutive golds um, at the Olympics as well. So that was pretty cool to uh, for, for us to kind of make history and, and leave our legacy through that, but also, you know, to show women can, can do it, do it too. And, um, you know, to kind of have our names out there as well. Totally. Yeah. And, and I, I was a fan, I was watching, um, you know, I'm, I'm not American as you can tell. And, <laughs> and, and so for me, I've, I've been over in the U S for a long time and, uh, it's, it's hard not to pull for the Americans now at this point, seeing as my, my wife is American. I have two children that are American, obviously. So, uh, at some point, I've got to give in, right? I can't because, you know, the, sadly, the British water polo team isn't particularly uh, significant at the moment. So I'm just going to go with the I Americans. I know, but maybe in the future. Maybe I mean, in the future. In maybe, in the future. Yeah, maybe in the future. You never know. You never know. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but one other thing on a more personal note, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I understand that you are now the highest scoring water player on the women's side ever in Olympic history. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It still boggles my mind. Absolutely. Like, that's probably why I don't bring it up. One, yeah, obviously water polo is a team sport, so you don't mm -hmm. really think of your individual accolades. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I'm confused. I'm like, how did that happen? <laughs> right. I'm sure it makes you feel a little bit old too. It's like I've been around this for a while now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but that it, it's just honestly, as you said, you know, it's a team sport, and I, you know, I grew up playing soccer in England, and and for me. I couldn't care less, to be honest with you, if I scored. It, the, the moment would always come and go. You'd have this little one minute, like, yes, scored goal, and then you get right back into it, and you're back in the right. game, and the, the individualism of it all just, it comes and goes so instantaneously. And mm. I think watching the sport of water, water polo, something that I did myself play just a little bit, being a swimmer, I, I played a little bit of water polo growing up. Right. What I know is that there's a physicality to the sport that mm -hmm. so few truly respect and understand. It's almost like this, what happens under the water stays under the water type of mindset. And for yeah. me personally, like yeah. that very much epitomizes who I am as an individual, this like all this hard work behind the scenes. That's kind of yeah. how I look at it. And just from your standpoint, looking back now to your story of getting into the, into the game, into the sport of water polo, just talk to me a little bit about both, you know, how it was introduced to you, but maybe the personality components of yourself that made mm -hmm. you gravitate towards it the way you did. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'll kind of touch on that physicality part um, in the underwater. You know, I, I always say water polo has three games. It has the overwater game that, you know, the fans can see and it's kind of the exciting part. Moving the ball looks like soccer, looks like basketball, you know. And then there's the underwater game where no one can see but it's probably the most impactful part of the game. And it's really where um, you are being tested to see, okay, how can you keep your composure? How can you still read the game and problem solve and give your best self while all this stuff is happening under the water and behind the scenes. And then there's the mental game. I, I truly believe water polo is uh, one of the most mentally tough games and the mental toughness you need to have to play it um, is, is pretty insane. I mean, I think one of the best statistics that shows the mental toughness you need and even like the physical ability you need is um like from any navy seals most uh navy seals who have come from a sport come from water polo mm. so i feel like anybody who knows what it takes to be a navy seal i could never be that sure. you know but sure. it's pretty cool to know that um you know they definitely are looking at water polo players to to follow that lineage so um 
definitely there's three games and the underwater game is, is extremely physical and um, tough, but that's what makes it fun, right? Mm. Because you have to, it's like the, the working duck syndrome. Above water, ducks look all cool, calm, and collected, but under the water, yeah. they're churning, 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 churning. Sure. Um, and then imagine, you know, they're getting tugged down at the same time or whatever. <laughs> it so it does make it really fun. And, and in terms of my personality traits, I think, um, you know, the cool thing with water polo, like I said, it is three games, right? Mm. And then on top of that, you're working with other people and trying to constantly problem solve while all this stuff is going on. And for me, personality wise, I want to be doing everything. Hmm. Like I, I, you know, want to be everywhere and with everyone, even outside of the pool. Hmm. And so with water polo, I kind of found a calling to me from that. You know, I, I grew up playing soccer. That was kind of my first love. Um, I did basketball, I did swimming, I did dance, I did gymnastics. So I really tried it all. Um, and water polo came into my life when I was about eight and I had been introduced to the sport itself because my dad played water polo for Puerto Rico. He's, he's actually Puerto Rican. So he was on the national team there and then came to California and played at Cal Berkeley. Um, my mom is one of 13 and, uh, her four brothers. So my uncles all played water polo at Cal. Two of them were on the national team as for the U S um, and then I'm the youngest of four. So also mm. my older siblings ended up playing water polo. We all kind of started around the same time or year, Amazing. uh, not age. Mm. And so I was familiar with the sport, but we didn't really, it wasn't popular. Right. So it wasn't like I could just join a AYSO, you know, or 10 and under team, like right. I could with soccer and basketball and dance and gymnastics. Mm. Uh, so it, it came into our lives around 2000, 2001. And to me, it was like, oh my gosh, this sport takes everything I love about soccer and everything I love about basketball and everything I love about swimming and everything, even like with dance and gymnastics and it put it all into one. And so for me, I was like, this is it. This is, this is my jam, you know? And, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty instantaneous for me that it was definitely my sport for sure. Yeah, that's, uh, you, you can, that's what I love about having people tell their story is because you kind of almost feel these emotions coming through from way back when you were that age, realizing yeah. this for the first time. I, I just love the sort of organic element of that and just the natural desire and passion for what it was you were being presented. And what I also love about just this whole explanation is just how multifaceted it is. And, and, and for us on this show, we're always looking at the the athlete mindset behind the person and, and we don't need to talk to necessarily an olympic champion to be able to get a good feel of what that is but when we right. do get a chance to talk to a three-time olympic champion we want to really dive into that sort of thing in terms of just really getting a feel of just how many how many wheels how many cogs are involved within this machine that is your, obviously your performance and here in the overwater the underwater the mental toughness the collaboration problem solving like this there's a lot of things happening there's there's a there's an element of this game strategically tactically that way too many of us watching probably aren't understanding and appreciating and if if you're talking to let's say and i'm going to assume that 99.9 percent .9 of the people listening to this particular episode have maybe never played a competitive game of water polo yeah. if you're talking to that person right now how are you selling this? How are you selling the game of water polo? Because I know you do a lot of work in this. I know you're working very hard to build the game, to get more people involved. Mm -hmm. What are you saying to connect 
based on everything that you just addressed here, what are you saying to someone to connect them with, okay, this is something I should definitely consider? Yeah, I, I mean, water polo is definitely one of the most fun sports out there. And mm. the reason I say that is because it does take a lot of elements that people enjoy from other sports and are able to tie it into one. The one kind of denominator is water. So, I mean, as long, truly, as long as you can swim, that's kind of the first step. Doesn't mean you need to be a good swimmer or a great swimmer, um, but as long as you're comfortable in the water, you know, that's step one. And then from there, you basically get to play um, you're playing a team sport, you're playing a movement sport. So it's not, you know, if you make a mistake, it's over, right? You got to go to defense, you got to go to offense. So you're really like working that resilience game and being able to stay super present in the moment. And there's not that many sports that allow you to do that. And with the water as a denominator, you can really be anybody in this sport. You know, there's no height, there's no body type, there's no skin color, there's no language barrier. Like you can be anyone to play water polo because of that water denominator. And I mean, as long as you're comfortable in the water, like I said, that's step one. And so I think that's something that's really interesting about this sport is you can have so many different types of people and so many different types of bodies and so many different types of strength. Mm. And you get to celebrate that Absolutely. because you can be, you can truly celebrate your own body, your own strengths, um, what you can bring to the game through water polo. And you see that when you look at our national team or you look at any national team, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's definitely a, a mock-up of different types of people. And so I think that part of water polo is really, really cool for people. And it, especially for kids, it's like, why not try this? You know, mm -hmm. if you've probably grown up, you know, or if, or if you're an adult, you've probably grown up watching soccer. You've probably grown up watching basketball. You've probably grown up watching baseball. I'm sure you've seen swimming, maybe seen hockey, right? Because all these sports are more or less on TV. And if you like one little thing of any of those sports, you're going to love water polo. <laughs> because it takes them all and puts it together, right? It's right. fast paced. It's creative. There's goals. Um, there's power plays, there's the physicality that people love, right? There's a lot of like communication and strategy, there's pick and rolls, you know, there's, there's a lot of fun stuff that, that happens um, that may be confusing at first, but then you realize, whoa, this is what I see every day on TV, but they're doing it in water. <laughs> and they're doing it with somebody trying to drown them. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm in, you know, so it, it's a really fun sport. And, and I truly just believe that if you're a competitor and, and you enjoy teamwork um, and you enjoy like problem solving, like creativity, this is, this is it. Love it. Love it. And, that, and that's what we're about in the show is, is this competitiveness. Uh, that's what it's all mm -hmm. about. And, and, and so hearing, I, I wanted you to have that opportunity to really explain and, and, and sell this sport to people listening, mainly because, like I said, I, I played it myself a little bit growing up. I do think it's a phenomenal sport to be a part of. It, it is an end-to-end game and, and anything like that is always going to be appealing to um, someone to take part in, but then also someone to spectate. So any parents listening to this and you just can't figure that right sport out, but you know, yeah. son Try or daughter. Polo for sure. Absolutely. It also truly like, especially for parents. And this is what we talk a lot about, like with coaching and cause it is, you know, I think it's important for kids to try all sports. Mm -hmm. Like I, I did that and I think it helped me be a yeah, better 
athlete today mm -hmm. because sport teaches you so many values. But the great thing of, of water polo is you truly get so many different values in one. Like I said, it, it it's like basketball where it's up and down. So you're you're really gaining resilience there um, and kind of adaptability. Mm -hmm. And then it's a team sport. So you're it, it's very, very team focused. Like there it's for me of all the sports I played, it's probably the most teamwork focused sport I ever did. Um, you know, communication, collaboration, um, empathy, all of these different things, being able to kind of become this harmonious unit while in the water is is something that you don't have to deal with that often. Like it's much harder to have a communicative conversation while you're in water and while all this stuff is happening. Um, you know, so there's just so many layers to the, to the game work ethic. Like I said, it's one of the toughest sports out there. Mm -hmm. So you have to be working really, really hard uh, all the time, but the reward is phenomenal. And yeah. so you're, you're gaining really so many values that especially for the youth, it's just going to help you get to other goals, even if yeah. water polo isn't a part of that goal, it's just right. going to help them get to other goals faster anyway, well, you know, 100%. Plus, not as popular. So, yeah. <laughs> so look, put your kid with all these other sports and they might get lost in the crowd, put right. your kid in water polo, they might have a really great avenue to college sports or, right. or to professional sports. So um, there's a lot of opportunity. Definitely, definitely. And, and a huge part of what we do on the show is making sure that people truly appreciate and understand the ways in which your characteristics as the water polo player that you are and mm -hmm. how you're explaining what the sport can do for others, how we can take these characteristics and be successful in just about any avenue in life. And like you said there, yeah. you know, kids can take this game up. If they don't go to college and do it, they don't go to college and do it, but they're gonna have some amazing teaching, teachable moments through what it is they're yeah. doing through so many of these uh, many facets that you've already brought up with us. But let's kind of move the conversation towards that a little bit here because you know, when you're a three-time gold medalist, I'm sure people want to talk to you. I'm sure people want to get to know your story. And who knows, maybe you even get these opportunities to sit down and talk to people a little bit about, you know, how you can take some of these lessons and some of these skill sets that you have within the sport of water polo and apply them within their lives, whatever it may be. Because I love doing that on this show. And, and what I try to do sometimes is try to pull that information from you. I've already detected, Maggie, that you're very good at this. And um, so what I want you to do is I want you to sort of just explain this to, to our listeners now, just from your standpoint of, hey, if, if, if you're listening to this and, and let's say you're in a position where you're working within a team the way you do with a, water polo, with a water polo team, let's say you've got a common goal in mind the way you do with the USA team. What does that look like to you? What does teamwork, what does achieving a goal mean to you if you put it in water, take it from water polo terms and put it in layman's terms for other people? Yeah, I mean, it, they're, they're one and the same, right? Yeah it's not even water polo terms and like general terms or specific to your career. I mean, all teams you're working together to try to make something happen that alone you couldn't. Right. And I think that in and of itself kind of puts the first value out there, at least for me, that I think is the most important is putting the team first. Mm -hmm. So when you are working as a group and you're trying to reach a certain goal, if, if you have the team first and the team is always in the back of your mind 
And that's not, you know, it's not natural to everyone, right? And you're going to have to work at that. And that doesn't mean you're perfect. And you, I, I do believe that in order to be selfless, you do have to be a bit selfish, right? Like if you want to give your whole self to something else, for example, with water polo, I want to give my full self to my teammates. I want to give my full self to this Olympic uh, dream. In order to give my full self to others, I need to make sure I've taken care of myself as well. Because I can't give my full self if I haven't, if I don't have a full self, right? And that means whether it's like nutrition, taking care of my body, making sure mentally I'm, I'm there and present physically, I'm fit and ready to give everything I can to my teammates. Mm -hmm. So same thing for, you know, in, in any career is, um, it's important to put the team first, but at the same time, in order to give yourself you know, make sure you're, you're checking in with, with your own mind and checking yeah. in with your own body because it's very difficult to, to give your full self to others when um, you haven't really taken care of yourself first as well. So it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of double-edged sword there and finding that yeah. balance, um, which is what I think is really, really important. Um, so first value for sure, being team first and, and always having them in the back of your mind. And that's going to help motivate you, right? So on right. tough days when you have a lot of work to do or you don't believe it can get done or whatever it is, being able to look to your teammates and say, all right, I can do this for them or I can put in that little extra effort for them. Right. Um, second, I, I think with teams is, you know, creating a foundation of trust and respect. It's extremely important. So it doesn't mean, you know, harmonious teams aren't all best friends and, you know, it's seamless every day. There's, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be problems. There's going to be conflict, but conflict is good in teams. That means you're pushing each other. That means you're challenging each other. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have a layer of trust and respect, those conflicts can overwhelm the goal. And, and because of that, you're going to go in a, in a, a different path. Right. So um, I think creating that foundation of trust and respect, and unfortunately that does take time, but I think, communication helps with that work ethic, right? I think I truly think one of the easiest ways to gain respect is work ethic uh, <laughs> and honesty, really. Like yep. if you are, you might not be the best, you might not be perfect, you might not be the most liked, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But if you're giving your whole self every day to something, you know what? You're going to earn some respect in people's books. Sure. So, and, and there, it's just stepping stones, right? And saying that helps with trust. I can trust you to show up, right? And I think once you have that layer of, of trust and respect and, and acceptance, because um, like I said earlier, you know, you're dealing with all different types of people in a team and there's not one right formula. Mm -hmm. You know, there. I, I was at the D school at Stanford and it's like, team best teams are four to six and for sure there's there's layers to that and there's strategy but there's no right formula to a team sure. and the right formula is the values and the how it's not necessarily the who or the what i think and so um being able to accept everyone for who they are will allow that foundation of trust and respect once you gain that it's really it, it's a lot more fun and it's a lot easier right because yeah it's easier to put the team first then, yeah. and it's easier to put the goal and the mission first. Um, and then it's, it's kind of the, the stepping stones of collaboration, communication, and just dedicating yourself to that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a lot easier to collaborate. It's a lot easier to communicate when you have those layers of mm -hmm. 
team first, accept, trust, respect, you know? Um, then lastly, I would just say it's, it's important to love what you're doing. So yeah. it's really hard to be a part of something when you don't love it. Yeah. And so if you find yourself in a place where you don't love what you're doing and you're part of a team, maybe try to switch the narrative and say, okay, I might not love what I'm doing, but I love who I'm doing it for, right. or I love who I'm doing it with. And that mm-hmm. who is something, you know, that a lot of, for me and my teammates, that's kind of ends up what's happening. It's like, yeah, I want the gold medal or I want to go to the Olympics that I, right. Mm-hmm. But then as you learn these people and in times get tough, you realize I want to do this with them. I want to do this for them so that we can do this together. And that we part takes time. But once that clicks, um, it makes everything a lot more seamless and a lot more harmonious um, and, and kind of takes all those values. And that's kind of that magic moment. 100% 100% oh this is great stuff really good stuff I mean and for, for me personally I'm, I'm such an advocate for the investment on the front end um, mm-hmm. in, in order to get to the the, the performance comp- the, the performance part of the process comes with an enormous amount of investment prior to going on that journey and, and when you're talking here you know if it's a soon to be three-year process for the next olympic games but if you've just coming off a five-year process for the last for the last olympic games there had to have been an enormous amount of work done on the front end in terms of those values that you talk about but investing in yourself in order to invest in other people and it allows them for those moments where because my thought is and i see it all the time in sport and i certainly see it a lot in careers is that people hit that wall people hit that wall of just doing the, the sort of feeling and sensing the monotony of the day-to-day grind of whatever it is yeah. that they're doing and not like not you said, yeah it's not easy and it's like that understanding that there was a time where you maybe loved what you were doing and and hopefully along the way you've started to find people that are worth doing it for and, mm-hmm. and and as you say there you know that the who becomes really powerful in those moments to get you through maybe just the last little quarter of a training cycle so that you mm-hmm. can finally arrive in Tokyo and be in the in the competitive arena and be like okay thank god that I actually held on to those values of, of doing it for these women in this in yeah. this case um, yeah. you know I just I just love this stuff because for me I think we're all exposed to this on a weekly to monthly to you know quarterly if you're working in the business world you know you have all these moments you have these deadlines these things that you're working towards and there's going to be times where the what of what you're doing is going to be really hard but if you can find that love for the who just a little Mm -hmm. bit and i love how you say you know the formula for success comes from those values and the how as well like that's really good stuff that's stuff that we can fall back on during these times of adversity and remind ourselves we should probably be writing this stuff down you know what is my formula what are my values what is the how and if i'm if i'm going back to that during difficult times then those difficult times become a little bit more easy to to overcome wouldn't you say yeah yeah Yeah. no definitely and and i didn't even touch on the why right right, the why is is really kind of the the core of it all Mm -hmm. um and so i i do think like I, I work with kids and one of the goal setting sheets I do is it's basically why, mm-hmm. how, what, when, and who, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, you break it down to really, really simple. And it's exactly true with what you're saying is like, when, when you get to a point where 
the last part of your training cycle or the last part of your quarter and you have a deadline due and whatever it is being sometimes that role, that adaptability of how you're getting something done or why you're getting something done or what you're getting done, the value is going to change and just being willing to adapt to that. Right. So maybe like in 2012, the purpose of my everyday training, my motivation was probably different than it was in 2016. And it was different than it was in 2020. And knowing that that's totally okay, you know, because you're going to, your perspective will change. uh, Your needs are going to change. Your team's needs are going to change and being okay to adapt to that is, is very normal. Yeah. No, it's it's all really good stuff. And again, when you you've been at a twenty twenty a twenty twelve sorry Olympic Games, and now you're going to twenty eventually became twenty twenty one games. Mm-hmm. You know, you were a little bit of a rookie probably in twenty twelve that just was yeah. delighted to be there, part of the process. And suddenly now here you are in Tokyo, probably very aware that I have a job, I have a role on this team. Mm-hmm. I know my responsibilities, and I know these ladies are looking to me to execute that sort of responsibility. And I, it's a it's part of evolution in terms of just get, getting on with your career and getting more successful and attaining those yeah. achievements is is adapting that role as you go. And but again, you know, it sounds like you're going to be a pretty good coach too if you if you've got <laughs> your, your kids working on this stuff already because it's necessary. It's it, it really yeah. is. It's, and and those kids need to understand that this stuff is going to come and go in terms of the love for it. And then suddenly, oh, I don't love it as much. And it, it's important then to fall back on the whys um, at, at those at those tougher moments. But this is really good stuff, Maggie. And and one thing I really wanted to just get into before we're done here is is the future. Uh, just talking a little bit about, you know, firstly, the next Olympic Games is only three years away. One, how does that look for you? But secondly, as you start to look big picture now, beyond your time in the game of in the, in the sport of water polo hmm. you know i know you've got your hand in a few things already like what what in your mind is is going to be where you really start to take off beyond the sport of water polo as well yeah i mean I, i'm definitely focusing on the day by day when it comes mm-hmm. to paris you know mental health physical health all of those go into that decision mm-hmm. um and so right now i'm just enjoying the moment i think that's important to do as well Sure. No need to look three years ahead when, <laughs> when we just went through a crazy five-year cycle. Sure. Um, so kind of just focusing on, on being in the present with that, but keeping my options open. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not sitting here saying one way or the other. I, I, I like my options. And so <laughs> it's important great. to keep open. Um, otherwise, you know, I, I co-founded a company called Six Eight Sports. And so yeah. for me, um, you know, I definitely want to put, even more effort into that and get it to a place where I believe it can be and, and help the sport of water polo and help other developing sports kind of revolutionize and, and get up there with these other TV sports, as I call them, and just create more equal opportunity and exposure for these developing sports and for the, the youth that play these developing sports. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I call them developing like water polo, um, for example, is they're there, they're out there. But yeah. like you said, most of the people probably listening to this maybe have never seen it, right? Yeah. And it's not on TV. It's not necessarily like a pro sport in the States, although it is in, in other countries. Um, and there's a lot of other sports like that that are, you know, just as fun to watch, have just as much, you know, scalability. But for some reason, the ball continues to stay here mm. instead of roll up the hill. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're focused on that, you know, using data and technology to, to help revolutionize these sports. 
Um, and then otherwise, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I'm really interested in helping growing sport, youth sport. And, um, you know, I'm definitely about women empowerment and, and women in sports. And I've been really fortunate with the opportunities I've had, but I can guarantee you there are many more doors to be opened. And so, you know, I'm passionate about opening those doors for the future, um, future girls that are, that are coming up behind me and many others. So mm -hmm. definitely that's important to me, but we'll see. I mean, options, right? Options, options are important. Love it. Love it. And that adaptability as well that you've talked about a little bit here today, that's going to, it's going to serve you well by the sounds of it, uh, in terms yeah. of what it is you're going into. And, uh, I, I know you're an advocate for just, you know, not only being a female role model, but trying to create as many opportunities for there to be female role models. And yeah. if I'm sure many people have told you this Maggie over the years, but you're, you're certainly doing that in abundance. Uh, it's, it's really fantastic to just, spend a few minutes with you here and have an opportunity to get to know you, learn more about you. But at the same time, um, you know, you're really changing the, the, the narrative, let's say, of, of these developing sports and giving them the voice that they need. And uh, I'm really excited to hopefully many, many years from now, see things like a, a water polo draft, who knows, you know, like yeah, a professional exactly. game and, and all that well, kind we're of working stuff. On. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm excited yeah. to see it and, and hear all about it. But in the meantime, Maggie, just congrats again on all the recent success. And, and secondly, just best of luck with everything moving forwards. Okay. Thank you so much. And my thanks again to Maggie for joining us here on the show today. Such an honor to have a three-time Olympic champion with us on the show. And someone like Maggie, quite frankly, for her to have the success, the continued success, the consistent success that she has had, not just at the international level, but even going back to her years in college as well, there's just so much evidence that this is a, an individual who is just always driving to the next milestone, the next opportunity that might be in front of her, but she's never doing it on her own. And the one thing that I'm going to really take away from this particular episode is the way in which Maggie explained to be selfless, we need to be selfish. And I personally related to that massively. It's something that in my world of coaching, I have to find a way to actually be selfish in the way in which I look after myself, the way in which I prioritize things within my life in order to be available, in order to give energy and have output towards others. And this is really where Maggie's hitting the, the nail on the head and just in terms of how she and the, the women there that are a part of that Team USA Olympic dynasty at this point, quite frankly, you know, that group of women are obviously all so invested in themselves, willing to do things for themselves. In other words, be selfish at times within their lives in order to make themselves available, the best version of themselves available to one another. And that is something that we can all, all embrace. We can all say that this is something that I have to do better. How do I be more selfish in order for whatever it, it, whatever it might be that I represent on a day-to-day -day basis? This, this might not even be a career thing. This could simply be a family thing. This could be on a personal level. Are you investing enough in yourself? Are you prioritizing yourself enough in order for those around you, in order for those that you are influencing and involved with, for them to benefit from that as well? It's tough. It requires a lot of saying no to people and that's going to piss a lot of people off and that's okay. It really is okay to be selfish in order to benefit 
other goals that may in fact not be individual goals is really healthy thing to do. So really hear that message from Maggie. But at the same time, I'm certain that there were other things that you took away from this particular episode. And that's what it's all about. Having such a wide range, wide collection of great insight, great takeaways that our guests bring to us through their stories, through their insight, through their perception on how they go about being successful within their world. So I think it's fair to say that a selfish thing could be prioritizing 30 to 35 minutes a week to listen to the Career Competitor podcast in order to develop yourself, in order to find that inner drive, in order to better what it is you do and invest in yourself each and every day in order to maybe benefit the organization, benefit the team, benefit the people around you. So hey, Listen to that message that I took from Maggie today, apply it to this podcast, and keep coming back for more. We will never stop providing some of the best insight out there that can help you on both a personal and, of course, a career standpoint as well. So in the meantime, people, get caught up on episodes. Make sure you're subscribing to the show so that you know exactly when there's a new episode out. And keep up the great work. I love hearing from people as well. Don't be shy. Let me know what you think of the show. Let me know how things are going in your life, if anything within the show has really impacted you as well. So keep up the great work, like I said. In the meantime, best of luck with anything and everything you've got going on. And I look forward to speaking with you all again very soon. Bye for now.